You're listening to And you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Welcome to episode 181 of the Collabcast. It is Friday, August the 31st, 2018. It is the last day of hashtag Asian August. My name is Marvin Yue, and joining me is one of the, I guess, would you call yourself a creator of the hashtag Asian August? I will say... Cape was the creator, or we were we were probably not the first person ever in existence to do it, but we did post about it, and you created a campaign. We did the create the campaign for Asian August hashtag Asian August. Just Jew uh, is here filling in for Minji Chang, who is in her writing cave because she is um, trying to reach a deadline to get into round two of the Sundance um, Filmmakers Fellowship. So. Go Minji, you can do it. <laughs> support, support, support. So I've called in um, our backup Minji, aka the Just other Jew. loud Asian woman with a lot of opinions. <laughs> There's actually quite a bit of us, but thank you, Marvin, for always inviting Welcome. me. Um, and our guest for this week is someone that I've had wanted to have on the podcast for a long time. We've been talking yep. about this for like years. I feel like yep. um, he's a filmmaker. Uh, he has a film coming out next month. It's not just Asian August. It's Asian all the time. It's Asian. We exist Asian more, more than we exist more than APA Heritage Month, and we exist outside yeah. of Asian August, guys. Surprise! Tanus Chopra, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, episode one eighty one. You guys, congratulations on so many podcasts. That's very prolific and it's, it's, uh, an achievement. It's yeah, it's quite a bit. We like we like to talk. <laughs> and that just shows there's so much great Asian American Pacific Islander talent out there. I mean, this can go on for another 181 plus. We want to. I mean, now we've expanded to even having episodes dedicated to specific shows. So, you know, we had a couple episodes that dedicated to talking about Crazy Rich Asians. I did a whole episode talking about Killing Eve. I mean, I'm excited for the the plethora, the myriad, the cornucopia is that a right word of just asian american talent that's a white man's shape we don't want that <laughs> that is um that not only we were treated to this past month but that has been around for years and years and years and you know tanush uh you're an indie filmmaker you've been making films for like how long now many years many, many years, years. Long um and since yeah the aughts, since the aughts and you have a new film coming out for the LA Film Festival, um, which is the film festival um, thrown by Film, film Independent, Independent. Um, called Staycation uh, with some of our friends, uh, Anthony Ma, Grace Sue, that we're very excited to to watch. Yes, and it's called, I believe on the poster, it's called A Romp-Com. A Romp-Com. <laughs> so can you tell us what does that mean? What does that even mean? Oh, man. Uh, wow. Or were you like, just was it ripped away by your marketing people and you're like, guys, what are you doing? It's kind of more that. (laughs) I think, I think, uh, shout out Grace Sue for um, putting together the poster and the wonderful image that's the lead image on the poster that was taken, um, that, you know, Grace arranged with her friend. um, And um, 
she kind of like put this poster together and we were thinking of you know the the film is a is a like that picture looks like a romantic comedy picture it's like grace is on anthony's back and it's sort of a piggyback ride and he's pulling his hair but it's it's also kind of like the film is very funny at, at times but it's also pretty dark and it's not a rom-com I, I actually saw the film as like a romantic tragedy i wanted to call it a rom trage oh. actually and make up the soul genre but mm-hmm. then it's so like nobody like a romantic tra- i think they felt it was too it was giving away something too much so they came up with rom-com because um you know the they as actors took a lot of risks with me and um we had a lot of wonderful improv. We had a lot of just off-the-wall ideas. And if any of you know Anthony Ma, uh, his ability as an actor, and he's been dubbed the Asian Jim Carrey or whatever you want to say. And he, he, he's, just, he's got so much uh, energy and ability. And that coupled with, you know, um, Grace's, like, you know, wonderful steady tone and ability to sort of um, work with Anthony and, 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 and also, you know, shine in her own terms with 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 great support from anthony um they were just bouncing off the walls in this thing so there was a bit of a romp you know like if we, <laughs> if we can we can talk about it and um i mean just disclaimer i known to Nush for a few like a year or two now we both we both know grace and anthony and we're friends with them so maybe this is a little bias that we're like <laughs> plugging this hard but um i remember anthony and grace were talking about Right before you guys left to shoot this film, they were trying, they're kind of being vague about it and like not saying what they were really doing, but they were, they gave enough where they're like, we're going on this trip for X weeks and there's no script <laughs> and we're just gonna, we've been working on this project with Tanuj and um, yeah, we're just gonna see what happens and maybe we'll never release it. But I assume this is yeah. what became staycation. So can you talk about the process of how this concept came and what you did to prepare and like what kind, just what kind? Because this is not a typical movie where there's a full script and you know you're shooting on X Y Z. This is kind of like guerrilla style filmmaking, which you have done before with Grass. Um, so yeah, can you just talk more about? this process and how it came to be yeah i mean like it's a it's 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 definitely the smallest and weirdest film i've ever made for sure um and i've made some small weird things in my life so this is this is (laughs) small and weird um i it's it's happened very organically um over the years i would just see you know anthony's somebody who um i met because he came and did sound for grass uh emily chang um dear friend of mine brought in anthony and said this guy is you know, he, he's made a film, he's an actor, but he also really wants to be part of production. Like, he just showed up the first day we did grass. He just showed up, you know, and I was like, this kid is cool. Like, he's cool. He, he, he didn't ask, you know, he wasn't asking any questions and overstate his needs, right? He just held the Zoom and recorded sound for us, you know, and as the time went on, I was just looking at him, I was like, this guy's really, he's really great. He's just great. I know <laughs> I can throw him in grass at some point. And he's like, I want to see what he can do. Let's see what he can do, you know? And at the end of the film, we needed a the you know, part of the storyline of grass is, is is they ordered a pizza in the beginning and they're waiting for the pizza to arrive and I needed a pizza per, I needed a pizza guy <laughs> a pizza person to uh to deliver the pizza and we didn't I was like Anthony why don't you just jump in and just order to get a pizza box and you, you and he put a visor on <laughs> and um yo he slayed he likes like no nothing no prompts no script nothing he just he just crushed it right away um and I, and it's even the last green new grass that we had last year um in, through slam dance um in, at the arc light you know, that was the scene everybody was cracking up on it was dying when anthony came on screen so then he 
then I, I saw I knew I was like this kid's great this kid's great uh, but I still looked at him as like okay he can help me make films you know and and then I did Nice Girls Crew 2 with uh, Michelle Kruzek Lynn Chan and Sheetal Sheth and Leo was in that Leonardo Nam was in that as well and um, I needed uh, a love interest for Lynn in a few episodes and you know I was like why not Anthony you know he's <laughs> he's he stated he wants to act and I think at that point he he hadn't done Scandal yet he hadn't gotten he hadn't he kind of he he kidnapped Olivia. He was one of the kidnappers of Olivia Pope. Just FYI, yeah, yeah. spoilers. That bastard. This, this is, I, but I, I I saw him before he was cast, and, I was, oh. you know, we, and so he he we we got him on. We got him in Nice Girls Crew two, and again, funny, hilarious. And then I you know he got in a, a few things like um, Scandal, and he kept making his own work. And I think he won an, an award for uh, a film about Arcadia. Um, Love Arcadia. Love Arcadia. Yeah, he had he had was his it? own film that came out. He started was it, two years it. He ago? did not write it or direct um, it but he was the lead in love arcadia which was playing at la it, it went the asian american film, film circuit Festival. it yeah. was like i think it was like a actual rom-com about boba <laughs> and about like boba, yeah <laughs> I, yeah I, and unfortunately i never saw that but although <laughs> didn't it take place in arcadia but they filmed it in monterey park or something well, or some, you know some like it's some cheaper. bullshit like monterey that. park <laughs> what do you mean bullshit monterey park is the heart of the 66 yeah. and it is much cheaper to rent things there <laughs> rep mpk forever okay <laughs> i mean these are so cow politics that i don't really know <laughs> yeah. but um and he also started the Taiwanese American Film Festival. He, he's yeah. he's he's a coordinator of it. Um, but be, you know, before all that, he he's been in a few web series that are made. I just he's just this guy. Like I don't know what other people see when I look at him. I'm like this guy can do anything. He could do anything. He, he could. He was just. He wants to act. He's so hungry. He can do anything. And then I met Grace. I think through him at festivals. Like I would just see him at, see her at parties, and mm. she reminded me of somebody who reminded me of somebody who reminded me of somebody, <laughs> and they, they just kind of kept popping up together and I and I just would look at them I'm like you guys are really like there's something about you two when you're together I just they have yes there's a running joke everyone wonders if Anthony and Grace are dating is that is that what it, I feel like that like like that's a is that maybe a few years ago I think it's staunchly like now like just, no one believes are you, are you just spreading rumors I'm now? spreading I'm, I'm a people magazine your, Anthony and Grace are putting business <laughs> all a, up in the pocket <laughs> they have a great chemistry together well, it, well this is something that like like, and this by the way this is like four years ago this is like this is like years and years ago like I I, 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 I noticed I just was like there's something when you two walk and talk <laughs> there's something here you know Yeah, Grace of course uh, is our friend she used to run the Peaches blog and she's also she also used to program for the LA Asian Film Festival. She does she's extremely also talented actor, yeah. actress as well. Um, and yeah, we've she actually was in season one of our Cape I Am um, campaign, mm. which is when season one was when we had original sketches. So Grace was one of our actors as right. well. So that was like I think four years ago. So yeah, yeah just, and, and and she and Grace is like super. Um, uh, she was also in Speechless. She also mm-hmm. had like a, a cast in a few um, network things. Like, like yeah. I, I feel like bo- both Anthony and Grace, they both got like they they kept getting cast in like little studio things here and there, little network things here and there on TV. And it's one of these things where you are like, God, these are really talented Asian American <laughs> actors who never who are always who are never gonna get a shot to be centered in any pieces because they're always going up for these like marginal roles that are up in the casting department for for Asian Americans. And we're yeah. talking like four or five years ago. This I mean, now, and that was the game four or five years ago, even like a year ago, probably. Right. Right. Yeah. Though I will say, um, I've seen. So, if you're familiar with Tanuja's filmography, I guess um, <laughs> there are you've had like you know more kind of structured films like T and Chi. Chi and T. Chi and T. Chi and T. Sorry. <laughs> they rhyme. T and Chi is the boba shop down the street boba. here. Oh, it's 
um, which was produced or funded in part by VC, which mm-hmm. we're sitting in recording this podcast. Yeah. So shouts to VC. Shout out. Great film. Which was amazing. Yeah. Um, and that was starring Dominic Reigns, Asif Ali, and... Sankar Spala. Yes. A fabulous movie, fabulous cast. Hilarious. I literally like almost peed myself laughing in that film. <laughs> and then you've done movies like Grass, which we were talking about before, which is like no script, um, starring two amazing actresses, Emily C. Chang and Pia Shaw. Like some of the funniest actors I've seen, period. Not just Asian American. They're just, they kill it. Um, so I've always noticed that you're amazing at spotting talent. Mm-hmm. Not just Asian American talent, just talent in general. And then I feel like you, you bring some really great things out of them. So how do you find these people? Where do you look? And is it, do you have like checklists or do you have a gut feeling? What it is? <laughs> what is it that, because um, I think, I do think that's the director's most important job. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when you get to a certain level of your director, you can hire the right people to help you with a lot of things. I mean, you, you want to know my theory? Tony just, just a cool dude. He's a cool dude. <laughs> like, I don't know if you dude. know this, but like this dude, you can't see him. I don't know if, if people have never met him. Tony is just mother effing cool. Like he's <laughs> he like got his feet up. He always like has a cool hat on. It's the type of person where if he asks you if you want to work with them, your answer You'd be like, is Hell almost yeah. always yes. Oh, like, yeah. can you pay me? No. Okay, that's fine. I'm I'm down. Like, if you ever need someone to hold, I hate holding mics, so I won't do that. But I'll like clap a. <laughs> no, I, 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 you know, I appreciate that. I appreciate you um, noticing that. I, I, I think it's, um, I think it's really easy to spot talent in a community that's been so marginalized and so overlooked. I mean, we, we, our talent in our community is better, if not, you know, good, just as good, and I think better than what you see on mainstream TV twenty times. And and everybody's working. Everybody puts themselves out in their own way, whether they're making little shorts or whether they're making. Um, feature films and you have to understand like we don't have the resources to showcase our talent in like the greatest light possible but even through the gaps like you can see who's hungry who's got it who wants it and then um, it's the second part of it is trying to bring something out of them right how do you how do you create something that goes beyond the typical sort of identity crisis characters or how do you kind of get to know um, your actors in a way where you can bring out their subworld. You can bring out all of the cool um, B side of their 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 personality that um, doesn't really that that I can see, but doesn't necessarily come out in their performances. Because a lot of times, Asian that you know, you don't have the opportunities to keep doing reps, to keep keep trying out different things, keep keep pushing. You know, you you try to find that one easy thing that works, and quite often the great performances come from. Um, tackling some of the tougher things, making mistakes, messing up, failing a bunch of times and, you know, experiencing um, some of the darkness, you know, so that I, I try to push actors into characters that'll push my actors into characters that'll, that'll, that'll force them to investigate those things. Um, but I think it's gut. I think it's a gut. I think it's a, a lot of it is a very, very deep gut feeling like this person is capable of this. This person can do that. Um and um, I mean, part, and then I work with them. I work with, you know, with, with Anthony and Grace. It was, it was an organic process. We, been, we were just in conversation for a long time. I become friends with them. That's an important part, part of it for me is like, we, we talked about this piece for years. Like, oh, this, when are we going to shoot this? But we never shot it. People, it's like everyone talks about the films they're going to make. But we ended up sort of having a day and they came to my office and we came up with characters. And we did a Google Doc and we kind of came up with backstories. And we just, that was like 
three years ago. It was a long time ago. And they, and they, they put in parts of their life into it. We, I put in parts of my life. We just sort of like, it wasn't so much about script. It was like, can we come up with characters that are three-dimensional that you can connect with and that can like live in you for a little while and let's see what, let's see where those characters go. And this film was like, like Anthony Gray said, it was supposed to be road, it was supposed to be like on the road vacation <laughs> road trip movie. And we looked at our budget, which we didn't have. <laughs> I was like, you know what? This 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 is actually going to be a road trip that happens in a house, in a, in <laughs> in an apartment, and in my apartment, in fact. And um, uh, they were totally game. They switched on a dime, and you know, we we didn't have any resources, no money. But the the way I sort of enabled to get around a lot of that is I shoot, I'll shoot it myself, and um, I limit my locations. I really stay on characters. I don't make anything more complicated than it needs to be. I just create a frame for them to do their thing. And because I'm so character driven, I'm so actor driven, I really it's for me it's about the performance and 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 where the actors can go versus like clever um stunts and bumps in a film like this at least. So Yeah. And what's great is, you know, um what I'm looking forward to watching in this in Staycation and also uh, what I saw in like in Chi and T um is I feel like you, you mentioned before your your story centered the narratives on the characters, and you don't make it about identity. Like so many um, Asian American films that I've seen, you know they they rely on that whole identity crisis as the crisis in the film. And your film, like uh, TNT, is about like it's about drugs, these hustlers, <laughs> it's and about drugs. Like, <laughs> let's let's be real. It's about drugs, <laughs> lots and lots of drugs. But it's like a story about like a guy who's you know a an enforcer for you know like what is essentially White, the godfather was... of of the Indian community in San Jose who has his hands in politics and drugs and and stuff. And you know, your characters like they, they live in that world of you know being in this you know south asian community but they never have to explain things and they never explain why they have to why they exist you just understand that they do and this is how this is how this community is 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 built yeah right well it's 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 i mean i I appreciate you seeing that and saying and and noticing that in my work i mean where it's it's part of a process of development you know it's it's where i'm at as a filmmaker like i made identity pieces when i started you know my my first college (laughs) film and then in a long time ago was was about you know there and even then it wasn't like on the notes it wasn't like I'm my my name is Christian but everyone wants to call me Chris like it wasn't like some you know on the nose identity piece but I think as a community we're all developing right we're all we we this is sort of the process of of work of of how work gets made over over a generation and a first generation you know community the first projects that come out are always going to be kind of these these like head scratching like what am i kind of soul searching <laughs> things but that's just a that's that's i think that's just the kind of work that we need to get out first to see that that's not the complete picture of what we are either we're also marginal we're 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 trying to put out that one piece of our story that's just not in mainstream culture and but unfortunately that's the only thing we focus on and we forget that there's that's just one part of a character you need a character needs all kinds of other needs and wants and hopes and dreams and and tastes and likes and dislikes and and and, and um we're just so I think as a community, we're just so it's, we're so obsessed with just trying to represent what we what we don't see that's personal to us. But um, I, you know, it, it it takes a lot of development. And now, you know, I'm at the place where, like, look, the fact that we're just in these movies that's representation. I mean, the fact that we're we're we're, we're you know, my staycation has. Uh, is 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 featuring you know all basically the Taiwanese American cast and 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 Musa Kresh, who's Palestinian and like that's a that's a statement in itself like yeah. that's the statement I need to make and um it's just it's just it's not interesting like there's there's, there's got to be something more interesting than than um your cross cultural kind of existential crisis yeah. 
When we come back from the break, Tanu shares with us about how he got started in film. The Collabcast is a production of Collaboration, a nonprofit organization that supports Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community in North America and beyond. You can learn more about Collaboration in our programs, such as our Empower Creative Leadership Conference and this podcast, by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. The Collabcast is also a proud founding member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts featuring unique stories and voices from our Asian American communities. If you're enjoying this episode of the Collabcast, please allow me to direct you to some of our other great programs, such as They Call Us Bruce. In the latest episode of They Call Us Bruce, host Phil Yu and Jeff Yang talks to the one and only John Cho, star of the film Searching, opening wide in theaters this weekend. It's a very engaging conversation, and John Cho has a lot of great and insightful things to say about his role in Searching and his thoughts on Asian American representation. You can find, first of all, any other great programs of the Potluck Collective by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. Um, so I want to talk to you about how you got started filmmaking. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think um, it, 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 for me, like filmmaking started from a very um, political place. I, I, I just, you know, I, I, I saw the lack of representation of South Asians in the media. I saw, you know, how we were portrayed, taxi drivers, terrorists, <laughs> cab, you know, like, and, and all, and, and and uh, uh, this one-dimensional, stereotypical, throwaway kind of roles. And um, I had a lot of pride as a kid, as a teenager. I had a lot of pride, and I felt um, I felt like you know somebody had to sort of step up and change the perceptions, change the images. So you know, I started from a very political, a political place, and that fueled my filmmaking for the first kind of um, four or five projects for sure. Just mm-hmm. just that that it was more of a political act. Like, how do I get? How do I make alternative media? Like and people, then, people need to know these things about us. Yeah, and just yeah. see us represented from our from our own voice. Like, like it's and still that's how a lot of filmmakers start today. They mm-hmm. they they have that same feeling for what, what that means in in today's world. For me, it was it was how I felt in like the late nineties, you know. Mm-hmm. But it 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 went to um, I, I made my first short film um, narrative short film as an undergrad, um, and um, I submitted it to VC of all places, and that was the first place that accepted my first film called Uljan. It was a story about three guys, um, and they're walking through town. One guy crashes his his dad's car, and he's just nervous as hell to tell him. And they just spend the day talking about how they're going to break the news to their family. And um, I didn't never applied to a film festival, never knew. I didn't even know what a festival. And and um, I got my start here in this room. You know, Abe called me up and was like, "We want to we want to play your film." <laughs> like, uh, and that gave me just enough you know, incentive motivation. And I found a, I found a place like, Oh wait, this is a space that values these stories. They, this like, maybe I'm not, maybe, maybe, you know, the mainstream world is not seeing a, a pan South Asian cast, but this is a place that not only values my message is encouraging it. So I, I should keep making it, you know? And with that film, I, I'd gone to India after that. And, um, Spent a couple, spent a couple of years there producing a TV show, an arts and culture TV show, and that's where I cut my teeth. I, I was like on the streets of Nizamuddin with cameras, putting crews out, doing profile pieces, and all these artists out there, you know, uh, Kushwant Singh and 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 Nandita Das and Emma Hussain, just like amazing artists that I would have never met in the U.S. Or I didn't even know about in the U.S., but um, it opened my mind up. I saw, I got to start to see like 
South Asian artists living full, yeah. f- like very abundant lives, you know, and, and it's something yeah. I, you know you don't see growing up in America. I got to go into their houses and do profiles on them. And so with with the pieces, the segments I'd created at the show and in this first film, Uljin, and my earlier work in college, like I put together this portfolio and I submitted it to Columbia uh, Film School, and they sent me a, a note saying, you know. Um, we're giving you a high scholarship. Come to school, you know, um, in in two thousand one. You know, wow. so I show up at Columbia, and and um, literally two weeks later, nine eleven happens. So oh, cool. it's just like boom, my life changes, my reality changes. You know, my I had a professor say, if I saw someone that looked like you on an airplane, I would turn around and walk off. You know, it's just like my reality Damn. became. Uh, it was always I, I was always very aware of like racism and things going on, but like, just things became very much in my face, and so yeah, I um. I spent some time in, in Queens and in Jackson Heights in the community at Saya especially and I felt like I was going through a lot and I'm sure and I knew the kids in, in, in that area were going through a lot and there was a lot of uh, media arts programs that were starting up to kind of give youth a chance to um, express, yeah, express themselves yeah, yeah like, like put their voice out they went to there's a lot of marches they, there was just like, the deportations and, and, and um, there, there was there was you know all, all these strange things happening in the community nobody really even understood at that time what was happening um and um, like they would go to the city hall and, and like just be like, "Where's my father?" And they would document this kind of stuff. So in that process, I'd made a lot of friends in that in that community. Who um, and I, I, I wrote this, and I had wrote this script, you know, before I even got to film school about a boy and, and dealing with the loss of his older brother. And I just realized, like, the things that were happening in my community, you know, in, in Northern California, were, were the same things I was seeing happening in, in, in Queens in terms of dynamics. And I just transposed my story in, into in, in, over there and. Um, I got together, um, you know, a bunch of just wonderful, wonderful youth who who laid it on the line for me for 17 days. We shot this, we shot this film with no money. That's the story of my life. We didn't have anything. We had uh, a lot of heart, a lot of people just doing things for the first time. And um, we ended up with this little film called uh, Punching at the Sun that uh, took me a year to edit. And I submitted it to Sundance Mm -hmm. um, with no marketing, no nothing, just a blank DVD. And I get a call from John Cooper a couple months later and he's like we loved your film do you want to come play it and I'm still in film school at the time you know and I was like holy yeah. holy shit yeah of course you're going to play this film at Sundance you uh, know? what year was it in Sundance this is 2006 2006 and I believe it's the first sun- film at Sundance to be directed by it's, it's, South- a, it's the first South Asian American really? feature to yeah. go to Sundance um, oh, wow. and that, you know, I started with a very political stamp like I really wanted to get I wanted to do I wanted to get um representation of South Asians out there that's what got me it wasn't like I was like oh I love the craft I love the art I just believed so hard that we needed to we needed a different perspective out there but what ended up happening by the time I finished Punching at the Sun I fell in love with the craft and the art all of a sudden things like cinematography things like lighting things like costume things like storytelling things like character development acting working with actors all the art of the filmmaking now started to really infect me and it was more than just like I kind of achieved that one goal for myself which was to to, to put something out and um, you know it's a, it's a great moment today. Like you see you see Anisha, Anisha out with um, with searching. You know, and, yeah. and, oh my and, god, it's a great film. If you haven't seen it, shout out, shout out. And and go plug, go yeah. watch it this Speaking weekend. Speaking of Asian August, yeah, it comes out right this weekend. Go check it out. But I have a real feeling of pride around it because yeah. um, you know, I, like he he may or may not know, but like you know that seeing him get there, it's taken all this time to see another you know South Asian mm-hmm. kid get out there, and, and he's from the Bay Area too. Like to see him get his feature out in such a big way, you know, I feel like. Yeah, no one opened the door for he did it all on his own. But just, just, just to feel like, oh, like this is lineage, and 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 things are things are going to start happening. You're going to see more of this now, I think. And um, I just, I was just, I just kind of feel um, excited for him and excited for what searching is going to do, and excited for what it means for like for for the yeah. for everybody. But you know, that, I think that that 
that piece really start me off, started me off as a filmmaker. But I learned I had still so far to go. Even even after getting to that point, I had so far to go. And um, so did things change after you got into Sundance? Since you were still in film school, like were you instantly a superstar at school, or were you like did everyone get jealous? Like how did how did how was that? How did because that's you you achieved the goal of like every. One every film, yeah, right? I feel like every emerging filmmaker playing yeah. at Sundance I mean, is a big deal. And, it's still and, a big deal. And, and teachers, you know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Tanuj, you, know you get an F. I mean, <laughs> they were all jealous of me. <laughs> no, I don't. You know, I wasn't. I was young. I was really. I was too young. I wasn't ready. Um, Twitter hadn't been invented. Mm. Uh, YouTube wasn't around. Like, there wasn't things like it was like two more years. All those things really started to crack. I, like, so I had this. Like, I was in this weird place where I didn't have the tools to really leverage what i had done to another, take it to another place and there mm-hmm. and i couldn't do it independently and i didn't i didn't i was I, I also my goals were just i was a pure artist like i was like i just want to make art i just want to rep the community no one helped me to get here and like every agency in town reached out to me wme you know the aca everyone was trying to to sign me at one point and i just i was like i was like that dude in um, entourage that that filmmaker in entourage. <laughs> billy what's his name he like just rejected he's just like i'm an artist or whatever like that that was me i just i just didn't and I didn't have like a careerist mindset for mm. for the industry. I was just I just felt like I could keep, you know, making work. I mean, looking back now, I'm like you're dumb, but <laughs> it's it's it was like a different. It was a different era and different time. But it was but it was also I, I have to honor like how I felt in that moment. And um, I I sure I went around the world. I, I got to screen uh, festivals everywhere. We went to Tribeca too. We went to San Francisco Asian American Film Festival. Mm-hmm. We went, you know, and it, it was a film I was I, I was really proud of. I felt. Um, it was it was it was of the time and of the moment and yeah i was excited for what i was going to do going forward but but i you know it's like i think there's this narrative like oh you go to sundance and everything's set or everything's made for you afterwards <laughs> and that's only like that's a very select recently. handful of filmmakers and, and can i feel do like that. that's only re- happened very fairly recently this this um, cuz sundance is much different now than what it was that's 5 true. 10 years ago right? that's like true. now you basically have to have a studio backing your indie, like it's much different. It's, it's there's those are like independent films, but then that those are like on the higher end of independent films. Those are still a few million dollars sometimes, yeah. versus you know like like as you say, you shoot films for zero, you know, for like no budget or for very little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pu- punching might not make it in, you know, to, into Today. this year's festival. Yeah, mm. it's okay, Tanuj. This you are you are the well. You are not the bucket. You are the well. <laughs> You know, I, I went to Sundance this this past year, and the, in the opening like remarks by Robert Redford and his team, they kind of talked about that tension too between maintaining the objective of it being like an alternative space for movies that wouldn't make the mainstream, and this new like commercial interest in a Sundance film. And it's it's interesting how a lot of it is also driven just by market and demand like people are now like for some reason recently realizing that asian americans or asian actors have talent and can you know star in movies that make a ton of money and so i bet next year there's going to be a lot more interest in movies from marginalized communities that at sundance just because that's where the market is going right i mean here's the thing we've proven we as a collective community not just asian americans but i mean just you know, like the black Americans, um, Latino, Latinx Americans, you know, we've proven time and time again that there is even, you know, white audiences prove time and time again, there is a market for, you know, non-white cast. The Fast and the Furious franchise is like one of the <laughs> biggest in the world. And Paul Walker was one of the stars, but every other single, you know, regular 
is is a actor of color. Like I, The Rock is the biggest actor, highest paid, probably biggest movie star we have right now, and he is an actor of color. So there's a disconnect somewhere in this chain that some gatekeepers say they don't sell when which they obviously do. <laughs> so I don't think that's like a valid ex- like that was always an excuse. It was never they don't sell. That was literally the lip service they paid. It was somebody saying no that's not going to work when the data, the money, all the stats shows it does. So we'll see. I don't know if Maybe. We don't know what, what lessons are going to take from this yes. past month. Hopefully the lessons are let's bring more stories to the forefront and not let's keep making rom-coms. <laughs> well, and, and also, I mean, there's still, there's still a big difference between um, what the studio's green light and what they see as like business opportunities and then what Sundance will select in their festival. And I'm talking mm-hmm. about strictly competition. And, you know, we can kind of, we, we can sit here and theorize like, okay, well, you know, Crazy Rich Asians did what it did. So Sundance will look for that next Asian American film. And, and to their credit, they, they, Searching was already there last year. Like yeah. they, they have been doing that for years. The, the, the since the motel, even the fire horse, uh, yeah. I mean, better uh, luck saving tomorrow. face, better luck tomorrow. Uh, you know, journey from the yeah. fall. Like Sundance has played Asian American films every. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't just get to Sundance a couple of years ago. Look yeah. at um, uh, um, Gook, advantageous, Gook, advantageous. Yeah. Uh, look at um, um, my man Andrew's film, Spotlight. Uh, I mean, we we've been at Sundance, so it's it's not so much that they're gonna. They've 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 been in our they've been with us the whole time. Mm-hmm. I think it's just up up to the filmmakers to make a quality piece of film that challenges like yeah. the, 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 like filmmaking is a conversation even even inter mm-hmm. interculturally it's a conversation that's going on between filmmakers storytellers and filmmakers like we have to engage in that conversation and take the and take the and take the ideas to another level so they're actually interesting. It's not like we're just going to get in because we're making money. <laughs> it's, we have to get in because we have, like, oh, if you're yeah. doing if you're getting into filmmaking, acting, anything to make money, just turn around <laughs> and go be like. A CPA, just turn around and don't do it. Yeah, I, like many people have said in, in the community, like a rising tide raises all raises all boats, right? So because there's momentum now, there are more eyes. Like now's the time to like if you have that script, if you have that idea, to just like it's it sucks that we have to say it, but you have to strike with the while the iron's hot because you don't know how long this you know this but your script also has to be good like let's (laughs) let's let's be real here like at the end of the day you have to tell a good story and what i see a lot of times is especially when they're maybe earlier on in their careers they've started writing and directing or um any combination of they are so focused on like they're so worried about telling their story that they're scared to let the characters go on a journey or be flawed like 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 at the end of the day, your character still has to do things and still has to, be, you know, be an active protagonist in the story. Um, it's not enough just to be the innocent victim that like things happen to. That's not interesting to watch. Yeah. I do think those good stories are out there, and there's incredible talent. Um, and part of it is still they're not getting the chance. I mean, personally, also from my point of view, I feel like writing's gotten like people are have become better writers over the last few years i find myself cringing less when i'm watching you know like independent film and asian american film i feel like people are because one of my main critiques for like a lot of asian american especially identity films i've watched uh, over the, the last few decades is you know like sometimes you just gotta like kill your darlings you know like there's certain things that you don't need to include and i can tell you kind of force that in there i mean honestly sometimes i'm like if i have to watch one more like movie about like 
parents not understanding their kids, <laughs> like, I'm going to go jump off a cliff. Like, I get it. It's a real thing. I mean, I still cry at Joy Luck Club. My mom, my mom and I are Waverly and Lindo, like, to a T. It's great. But at the same time, I'm like, my mom and I are also, like, you know, Loreline, Rory Gilmore. You know, me and my dad are, like... um, my dad's this ridiculous character. He's not like this stern Asian man sitting in the corner, like judging my life choices. Mm. Um, so I think the, <laughs> like, I think what we're all hoping for is more plurality of stories, right? Like one story is never enough to tell. I was going to say, lucky experience. for you, there is Joy Luck Club 2 in the works, apparently. <laughs> apparently they want to make Joy Luck Club 2 with the daughters or the kids of the original daughter. So it'd be three generations and it'd be like, all millennial grandchildren. I'm like, oh my god! What, please what, make this. What is the second, third generation like? Like tension, like rift. Well, some of them have biracial upbringings, right? Their parent, mm-hmm. like, and um, Rosalind's husband, as played by Andrew McCarthy. So, like, you know, there's a whole lot to unpack about having a biracial upbringing when you're mixed race, Hapa. Um, you know, there'd be probably like, oh, one of the granddaughters could be like militantly Asian. Like she has yeah. like a, she's like the 180 of the mom where she, you know, the mom assimilated and she just wants to be <laughs> like Asian, right. like speaking Mandarin, like talking to the grandma in Mandarin and the mom feels like, like this is my life story. I can like, I can write this. Hire <laughs> me. I ask because I don't have me. kids, so I have no idea. It'd be, it'd be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess so. Tanuj, oh sorry, tangent back. Um, but Tanuj, so I do. You've it's obviously called, it's called had segue. Or, segue. Or segue? Yeah. Mm, I hate those segue scooter <laughs> things. But that's besides the point. They block. I should be able that's to walk fun. on the sidewalk and not have to get, like be run over by like a dude on a scooter. Like you, I, I digress. I digress. Okay. So Tanuj, <laughs> um, so you do punching the sun, um, and then do you move your your you graduate film school? And then did you move out to L.A.? Or what was the next step for you after? That's a good question. I mean, uh, so I, yeah, I did Punching in the Sun. I spent a year putting it out into the world. Um, I was in New York at the time in Brooklyn. And um, I kind of saw, you know, at the end of this sort of world tour, I saw my prospects kind of diminishing. I didn't have a lot of answers. And um, I still, you know, I I had my degree and I felt I spent a lot of time away from my parents, really. You know, I wanted to, I'd spent, um, you know, I was in India producing things. I was into undergrad. I was away from them. I was away from the Bay just in general. And I felt I need to just reconnect with, with my family for a while. And um, I went home and um, stayed with my family for a while. And I started teaching filmmaking to quote unquote at risk youth in Menlo Park and in, 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 in like um, sort of East Menlo Park and in, in the school called Menlo Atherton, Menlo Atherton High School. Um, we ran this, this workshop uh, twice a week um called new voices for youth and we would teach you know young young people after school how to edit how to work with cameras how to how to tell like small documentary stories and um it was a great moment it was a great time because dslrs came of age and um more more like kind of personal filmmaking tools came of age i became really more interested in shooting things i became you know better with the camera better lensing things i just like improved more skill sets and then i got a few opportunities where um, like I don't know if you've heard of the Future States Initiative um, that ITVS put out, but they commissioned a bunch of filmmakers to do science fiction shorts. You know, and we had oh. filmmakers like Barry Jenkins and 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 um, Tina Mabry and Nisha Ganatra and um, um, Greg Pak and and um, you know um, those those kind of 
really, uh, Jennifer Fong, before she made Advantageous, it was mm-hmm. once a future state short. You know, all these like top-notch filmmakers got to make short films. So I got to do a couple of those, and all of a sudden I got you know my toe into the world of genre. I got to make a science fiction film called Pia about this gender-bending android. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm going from making you know kids and living in a post <laughs> coming of age in a post 11 <laughs> world to like, like science fiction stuff that I'd grown up reading. You know, and yeah. I did another film called Clap Clap, starring Sung Kang and Tolotha Mashom from Monsoon Wedding. And that was like this like neo film noir that I I got to I got this like the Chinatown Museum in New York was doing an initiative where they wanted to do like these five minute films by filmmakers. So I, I got to do like I got invited to like a lot of cool little initiatives and I got to sort of build bridges with actors in the community I really like loved. And I started my vision started changing to seeing like, okay, genre is really where I, th- I see the next frontier. It's not just these, mm-hmm. these like Asian American stories. It's not just these identity pieces. It's not just like examinations of our community. While I still have more to do, I still I still like have a great belief in them, and I want to make more of those. Um, I I had this moment where I just like we we need stoner comedies. We need uh, science fiction films. We need horror films, even you know. And I started collaborating heavily with um, Sheetal Sheth, another you know actress who I have a you know really great belief and love for. And um, she and I created um, a horror film. Uh, short called Grin and sort of started our collaboration and then I also got an opportunity to do um, through San Francisco Asian American Film Festival Nice Girls Crew um, uh, the, the web series with, with Sheetho, Lin and, and, and Michelle and that was like another moment it's like you know I, I got to start having fun like these are three actresses I really love individually I love Saving Face I love all Sheetho's work and like let's put them all together in a room and see what and, and, and see what happens and we made this pot, we made this you know really funny web series called Nice Girls Crew that came out the same time as Awkward Black Girl same time as High Maintenance same time as like all these other places but the conversation wasn't about Asian American film back then and we had this like website that was dedicated it was called Please Make Nice Girls Crew a TV show like uh-huh. there was just it was like it was just a little too early like all these films were like a little too ahead of his time you know mm-hmm. but but the fan base we, you know when we made Nice Girls Crew we thought oh this will be something that gets people who like Arrested Development or like like television comedy you know and what we found when we put it online is like there was this huge audience for the work that was Asian American women ages like 17 through 35 like mm. <laughs> duh like I, you know like we did like that's, that became obvious after we put it on, online you know so yeah. I, I spent a lot of time just growing creating experimenting trying new things trying to find um, a, 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 a voice that was rooted in genre and then it was the Chi and T opportunity through VC where um, right. we, we um, were selected to, with our script to be uh, the recipient of their development grant which was a very sizable grant which was incredible you don't even hear about grants this big <laughs> it's awesome it was an awesome moment and um, we got a chance to sort of um, I, I, I made that sort of my, my move to LA and yeah that movie TNT is, is now available on on streaming platforms, right? Yeah, it's available yeah. on on Amazon and yeah. iTunes, and, and it's great. And you Would recommend. It yeah, yeah. And again, you know, yeah. TNT was a chance to really to have like everyone's really excited about you know a crazy rich Asians, which, you know, this, this term all Asian cast. You know, that was one of our big things with TNT is like we wanted to have like an all brown cast, we wanted, and we wanted to showcase. We wanted to have like a comedy starring brown men. Like there just hadn't been you know hasn't been enough of a a space for that, and. Um, uh, it, the the cast that we had, you know, with with Asif and 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 Sunkrish and Dom and Noreen and Rebecca and Bernard. I mean, it's just it's it's just a joy for me. The joy is like being able to do cool casting options like that that Hollywood would never do. That no one like mm-hmm. they, there's not enough you know like white people in this movie. <laughs> like you need you need we. It, the, it's such a gift and a privilege to be able to sort of yeah. brown out your cast. Yeah, and like the one white dude is like the one-dimensional kind of like <laughs> joke character. Oh, the the, the hairdresser, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so we we've talked a little about Chinti, and then you did Staycation. But what is your next? Can you tell us more about your next film, Hummingbird? 
mm-hmm. which um, yeah, it was. They dropped an article on Deadline recently, but like, tell us more. Yeah, I mean, well, I can only talk so much about it yet because we're still. It's like we, we we're sort of keeping details under wraps. Oh. But um, you know, according to the Deadline article, as stated in the Deadline article, it's about a superhero that gets possessed by the devil. So it's sort of a cross genre thing where I'm crossing superhero genres and devil and, and uh, horror story, horror mm-hmm. films. Right, it's a superhero horror film. And um, it stars Sheetal Sheth, and um, it's an outgrowth of um, sort of work we've been doing for a while. We did a short film called Grin about this this woman who sort of um, devolves in in into her makeup and becomes sort of this like killer clown, you know. And <laughs> we we put it out there. It was a very experimental film. It was based on a script we wrote. We didn't have a script again. We just went out and shot this little short piece, and we we submitted it to a bunch of festivals, and we got into a bunch of horror film festivals and played at VC actually last year. But we won um, a bunch of awards in the horror circuit, and we were like, oh, you know, we we we're on this, we're onto something here. We're on the right track. We found a tone and a vibe we really like. And so then later this year, we were like, let's just keep going in this direction, and. and um, I I wrote a script that Sheetal and I worked over, you know, a bunch of times in in the spring and um, got it to a place where, like, okay, we feel ready to shoot. And in the past, we've written stuff and we just sort of waited for funding to come in. We're like, you know what, forget it. Let's just do this as minimally as possible. Let's just take a little piece of financing from here and there and, like, not really um, get everything we need to make it. Let's make it for for, um, what we can. And um, we we had a really good crew and team assembled. And um, we did some casting. We cast uh, Hallows on uh, and Leonardo Nam in it as well. And um, Anil Kumar, who plays the devil. And uh, we had all kinds of, we had a really good time. We had like everything from, you know, prosthetics to to stabbings to snakes. Like all of a sudden <laughs> I got to do some, I've got to do some things in this film that I haven't, you know, got to do in my, my other work. I feel like it's a big turning it's a big change and but what was cool about this project is i also shot it i got to i got to shoot it and i I got to shoot a red uh a red weapon and um i'm kind of getting into the style where i really love not only directing but shooting the work as well and editing it as well too i'm becoming more of like an end-to-end filmmaker um i think i was much more compartmentalized in the early stuff like i just felt like the roles it was nice to have collaborators and roles but it's it, it's filmmaking is becoming so compact and, and and at your home and I've and I've just gotten better I've just gotten better at knowing like what works and what doesn't work and I can get to my image and my thought much faster if I'm operating camera I can get to the heart of what I'm what I'm trying to do and there's a certain comfort of like me and Sheetal when we work if it's just if it's just more streamlined and it's just us yeah. two and um you know she just she did a brilliant job she's um kind of at the top of her game and she's she's so was so ready to do this this film I'm really excited for people to see her performance and um um I'm just I'm just proud of this 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 new direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I think is really cool about you and your work um that even if I don't get it cuz there are parts of grass I didn't that totally went over my head. I was like what what the hell is going on? Um but you you always seem to be making something and working and even if it's with zero money, you find a way to make films and I feel like that is something I feel like I hear, you know, every, every filmmaker I make I or every director I make, I meet, I'm like, Oh, like, what are you working on? Or what film do you have? <laughs> like, what are you working on a short X, Y, Z? And like, can I watch something of yours? They're like, Oh, I don't have anything. And I'm like, okay. Like I get, I get it. It's a process. It takes a while, but, um, yeah, it's just, just something I really admire about you and your kind of tenacity to just go out there and just do it, even if people are telling you no. So I guess, do you, how do you do it? I mean, you touch upon like, you you know, you com- you streamline the process, you're kind of doing everything, you're 
you seem to be very flexible, and you're working directly with your actors to kind of make whatever you need happen. But what would you, what advice or what tips could you give someone who's like, I don't have the budget to do what I want to do, um, either technical or just shifting a mind space of what they can do to make something happen? I mean, it's it, that's a really good question. I mean, you have to you have to like lose your preciousness first of all. I think like understanding um, how difficult it is to. You know, if you want the big special effects short film that's going to get you like a superhero movie in Hollywood, like then you have to really wait, save your money, save your chips, really plan it out right, and nail what you want to do. And it's going to take you years. That's that's a totally acceptable, amazing path. Um, take your time to make your work in that in that case. But um, if you want to improve and keep turning your ideas over and growing, I mean, you have to get shooting. And we live in a world today where. I mean, I started out making films on film. Like I had to, I never saw my film until it came back from the lab. I had to then put it on the steam deck. I had to like actually physically cut it and pay, like it was no immediacy in the process, you know? And then we kind of got into the mini DV era and all of a mm-hmm. sudden the home kind of filmmaking style started working, but it's still like it's mini DV. It didn't look like anything great, but today we're dealing with like an A7S, I, you know, you can get A7S2 and shoot on 4K and S-Log3 and all of a sudden you have 14 stops of dynamic range. I mean, if you're just trying to tell the story of like a couple of characters, do you need more than that? Like, I don't think you need more than that to, to do it well, you know? Um, it, and, and to educate yourself on how to use that camera, it, it, it's information's out there. YouTube is out there. Like, there's so many tutorials on it. Like, learn how to, you know, I, I really, I really admi- advise people to sort of learn the tools of the trade because that's a huge way of saving money. It's a huge way of, like, cutting corners and figuring out what you need and what you don't need. And the other thing is, like like I said, like, lose your preciousness. Like, like you have to kind of understand that not everything is going to be perfect. Not everything needs to be perfect. But the things you might, there are things you will shoot that are unplanned that'll surprise the hell out of you. That'll be like the most amazing thing you've ever done. And you'll never know that until you get out there and start, start making like, there's just, um, I, I, I think, and then you have to plan your life really well. Like if you want to, you know, if you, if you want to store yourself in a lot of projects and make sure you create the space for yourself to do it, like take the time out. Like if you have to work half the year, so the second half of the year can be free, whatever, whatever, um, sacrifices you need to make to put to put your work out like i've made them like people always ask me like how are you so prolific well i i've done a lot of things in my life that have that allow me to 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 do what i do i i'm a you know i teach at temple i'm a, I'm a professor too on the side i do a lot of com- i do a lot of commercial projects that people don't know about i do like real estate videos i do mm-hmm. i shoot for condoncha comics for the comic con stuff i do i'm always also working and making money as a filmmaker on the side and saving it as well yeah. and um i think that just you have to you have to take sacrifices and you have to just really learn the tools and throw yourself in and um, not be afraid to fail, not be afraid to make like work that's not great. I mean, um, one thing that's interesting is like, I've, so I've been, you know, I've been getting into like this, the director's labs and the Sony director's lab and Fox director's lab. And I started to, you know, shadow on, on TV shows now. I'm being considered to direct things like Preacher. And I, I got to go to Ooh. New Orleans for a month and, and they put me up and they, they Ooh, paid me, congrats. put me first. It was awesome. You know, and you see like all the resources that you have on like a television show. And of course, like Preacher's a different situation. It's just, it's a very creative, awesome show that anybody would love to direct in, in terms of just like a creative potential of that show. But, you know, the other side of it is you also see like, well, the bigger you get in scale, the less, like the more beholden you are to A, like making back the enormous amount of money that goes into it, B, it's a bigger machine. You can't be as flexible. You can't do, like yeah. I could Zach never notes. make staycation yeah. at that kind of a level. <laughs> staycation was born out of the 
born out of our limited means. It was born out of being nimble. It was like, there's so much we discovered. Like, I, okay, like, the surpri- one of the surprises in Staycation, if you get this far in the podcast, is that it's in a 4-3 <laughs> aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, it's, a, it's a different looking aspect ratio. And that was a very designed thing. It was, it was, how do we create more intimacy between these characters? Well, if I put them in an aspect ratio that's more like a square, they have to, like, every shot com- puts them closer together. And all of a sudden, you see different kinds of connections happening. Like, things like that. I'm able to experiment and do because yeah. I'm at a smaller scale. So it's like, don't, I, I really encourage people to look at limited means and limited resources as advent, as like advantageous. How do you, how do you take what you, what you can work with and make art out of it? Because we live in an era today where the tools, where the lenses, the tools, the kind of end to end production and ability you have just on a, A7S, it's like, you know, fits in the palm of your hand and a laptop that's like 13 inches. You can, you can do you can you can compete with the top players in the game. Yeah. Hear that no excuses. No excuses. No excuses. No excuses. I don't want to hear them. <laughs> well, Tanush, um we I'm going to end with this last question that we ask um all of our guests, which is what are you into right now? Like what are you watching, reading? What's in your uh, like pop culture diet? Pop culture diet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Uh, well, for every we've all seen Crazy Rich Asians, right? We've Nine all, times. You know, we've crazy Nine Rich Asians. times. We've all seen. Uh, and I, I saw Searching at Sundance, but you know we're all gonna go see Searching. Amazing, at watch it. Wide so release I'm August thirty first. Plug those, plug those monsters in. Um, and uh, those those films are great. Those films are totally worth. They're talking. so good. <laughs> like, like they're not good, quote unquote, Asian American films. They're just good films. Like, bring all your friends. Don't like. Don't even sell it as an Asian American film. These They're num- just amazing films. These numbers aren't the results of like Asian Americans just coming to theater. Like, yeah. like they're they're doing work in the theaters. Like like that mahjong scene in in Crazy Rich Asians was like oh I was God. just like I couldn't. And I was <laughs> I found myself crying in this crying scene. Like every time. I was ten forty five in the morning. I just wrapped. I was like fucking crying in the theater. And like I was like, is this, am I crying because I'm just seeing representation happen on a high no, level? No, it's a fabulous I'm like scene. Crying because Constance is killing it. Like, what's yeah. going on here? You I, know? I can recite that scene word for word at this point. I'm not going to do it right now. I will do it for you offline, but it is a phenomenal written scene. Right. Go Adele B. Lim. And searching, you're just like on the edge of your seat the entire time, like following this father as he goes through his worst nightmare. And, you know, you kind of even forget that it's like everyone in the film except for a few characters are are, are Asian mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. because like it's, you're so engrossed in this like this story of like it's a mystery it's yeah. a classic mystery classic. and like I think it's I think if you're not entranced you're not human like what human doesn't want to find out what happened yeah it's not one of those films where you can say why well, just didn't relate to the main character because right, it's right. like what about him didn't you relate to it's like it's a father looking for his missing daughter. Like mm-hmm. if if you're not relating, you should. Well, the other, the other thing, like you have to really credit Nish with, is that like we've seen a few of these kind of like searching kind of films. Like uh, there was there was Unfriended, you know. Yeah. Kind of, like it it is it takes a lot of science. It's 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 actually engineering feat. It's a feat of engineering. Yes. But what he was able to do in searching that was special is that he generated so much emotion in the first like 15 he gets you so in love yeah. with the characters early on like i like that feeling at the mahjong scene like i had that right away <laughs> in searching you know all of a sudden i was like, like yeah. you know and I then mean, i got yeah. like, the way the cam- camera moves with all the graphics because so searching basically takes place on screens like it's like you're looking at a desktop or like a phone or something it's essentially a desktop a computer desktop and you think it will be like tedious or like you'd be bored but the way he moves the camera moves the sight lines so it's like you're 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 in the place of the person looking you know john cho's character really like search searching um (laughs) using all these different technological tools that we are all so familiar with 
Google, Facebook, Instagram. Um, it's it's amazing what he was and the, able and the way to they do. use like search histories and like types types like things that you type that you erase you yeah. delete. There's so many like, like interesting ways they reveal character through. Um, it wasn't just a gimmick. Like he uses to tell story the like it's it's basically like I've I've been telling people it's. You know how you felt the first time you watched like found footage films? Right, like, it's like Blair the, Witch or yeah, yeah. It's like the like, quote unquote millennial version next, of that. Right? It's the next genre. It's, so it's a spin off of I've always that. called it like a millennial masterpiece. Like it's funny yeah. because it's always like, well, now I want to see you do something with characters and put something like like let's get away from the computer. Like like tell a yeah tell like now a, a mystery with with people because it is such a millennial like it is such a behind the screen perspective. But part of me is like. Like Anisha said, like I'm so excited to see how this film does because he has yeah. a chance to be like this. Is, could be the new Sixth Sense. This could be the new like Shyamalan kind of kind of figure in our community because he's really. I think this film, if it can if it can like kind of blow up, it has a chance to kind of create a new type of filmmaker, you know, and a new type of style that, um, you know, just just reminds me of I guess of of, of that moment in the past. Yeah, you know, Shyamalan kind of put the Sixth Sense out there. How many copycats do you think we'll get? Of searching, yeah. I mean, I mean, it'll probably be at endless, least like endless. a bunch of really bad versions of searching. Yeah, it'll be a, t- a whole TV show called Finding. But, you know. They've done TV show versions of this. Do you remember the Modern Family? Well, that's just one episode. That's though. one episode. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, Anish did it better. <laughs> I'm gonna be able to just be straight up like Anish. I did like it better. that Modern Family episode because you can see like as they're facetiming, the, like the, the mom's like searching other things. Well, I think time. also, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, he did it for 90 minutes in like the most, in the biggest way you can do it. But like, it's a, it's a device, it's a tool that can be put into any kind of screenplay just in a little bit of a moment to just express connection between characters. Cause it's, um, it is how people connect today. It is, it is mm-hmm. a very insightful way of showing connection, you know? And so it's, you can cut and paste pieces of it and use it. And it was such a good, like, even retrospective of social media technology. Like that, you start off on a Windows. Yeah, that 15 minute can... like, intro, you go from Windows like 95 or XP to Mac. Mac. But in between, you have like. I miss Clippy. That aim scene was just like, I was like, oh, I haven't heard those noises in a long time. Those noises. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That, oh, I'm glad we. I mean, if, if he actually put in like an AOL like sign up thing, I probably would have like had some PTSD nah, like flashbacks. Family, the dial up. Gotta be net zero. Yeah. <laughs> AOL. They're not paying for AOL. <laughs> or, or, no, you just use the trial disc and like you collect all the trial discs from all the, you know, aunties who like don't use the internet and then you like kind of just keep switching it out. Or, wow, that is like some, that's real. You know what I'm talking real. about. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Because you, you know, your grandma gets sent one, well, your grandma don't speak English at all. She doesn't know what the internet is. My Damn, grandma Jess, still doesn't know what the internet is. You're talking about stealing trial discs to keep your internet free. That shit is so old school gangster. <laughs> I'm, I'm now officially on the older side of millennial. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You'll always be a younger millennial, though. Well, I'm like, I had a sister who was older, so like, it kind of, I kind of blur the lines. Well, I guess that'll, that's our time uh, to news. Thanks for joining us. Um, again, check out his films. Um, TNT is now available on uh, streaming platforms um, for purchase or rent. Um, Staycation will be playing as part of Film Independence LA Film Festival. The screening is Friday, September 21st at 9.15 p.m. for those of you in LA. You can get tickets now. You can get and tickets now. Where can we get tickets, Tanoosh? Tickets are online. If you just go to the LA Film Festival website, um, 
and that we have a Facebook page and a really cool Instagram page forming. You can come see our, our, our funny poster. I'll also say grass is on Amazon prime. If you're, you know, want to see something for free. And, um, there's also, you know, punching at the sun is on Vimeo. Um, that, and, and you can check it out there as yeah. well as all the shorts are out there as well. Well, if people want to find more of your, more about your films and your thoughts, where can they, where can they find you? I, I, well, I got a Vimeo page, um, with a lot of the shorts up, which, which is a good, a good place to look at chops films. And then chopsfilms.com has, you know, a, a little bit of a, if you do some digging in there, you'll, you'll find a few Easter eggs. Awesome. Jess, where can people find your thoughts? Um, in the ether. <laughs> um, no, you can find me at Just You Tweets, which I like don't really use, but um, I'm also the Director of Programs and Operations at CAPE, the Coalition of Asian Pacifics and Entertainment. You can find us at on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're on Instagram at CAPE underscore USA and on Twitter at CAPE USA. It's the bane of my existence. I'm sorry for lack of consistency. You all should um, follow Cape USA as well on Twitter because they they are they have like the most fastest Google alerts or something because you're you're yes. you're always sharing news of new projects. Yes, that is like right away. I will, and that is largely to the work and efforts and passion of Jess Vu, who is one of our star volunteers. She helps manage our social media. Um, along with me and Michelle, our executive director. And check out our Facebook. I think we're probably... I'm trying to be better about, like, taking, you know, credit. It's, like, very non-Asian. But I think we have probably the best amalgamation of Asian-American, Pacific Islander, entertainment industry news across all platforms. So if you just, like, you don't want to be searching Deadline or, like, Instagram and Twitter follow us let we'll do it for you we will do it for you follow us we always up announce things on our social media free screenings giveaways um just cool stuff so please follow us it's how i keep updated although sometimes when i find breaking stories before them i get very excited <laughs> it's a competition y'all. it's a competition <laughs> um yeah and keep an eye out for your wares fellowship should be starting soon right yes yeah, so we run this fabulous cape new writers fellowship um it's good we're going to open submissions on december 1st 2018 through january 7th 2019 um we uh, we take both tv and film um, submissions originals um submit originals so you have a few months to work on that it's an amazing program we have staffed a writer on every single network channel a net broadcast network and major streaming platform to date so we're very proud of that program they're writing on shows like Grey's Anatomy 13 Reasons Why uh, you know just a lot of great things so it's a great program please apply if you're a writer yeah Uh, special thanks to Visual Communications Um, we are recording at the Potluck Podcast Studios located within the office of VC Uh, we mentioned VC a lot this episode they're our wonderful sister organization um, that supports Asian American filmmakers and media artists they're also taking submissions right now for their 2019 LA Asian Pacific Film Festival I think the early bird deadline is October 1st yeah so if you want to be the next Tanoosh Chopra um, have an amazing career (laughs) making films you're going to be better than me I promise you that um Start, you know, start working on those films or start finishing them up and submit yeah. them for next year's festival. Yeah, it's a wonderful festival, um, and we always have a lot of fun there. Um, special thanks to Travis Trail for his use of his song Set Free for this month's intro and outro. And yeah, that'll do it. Uh, thanks again to News for joining and, us. And thanks today. for having me, Marvin. You have the best voice in podcast world. I love your voice is oh, yes. silky awesome. smooth. The mastermind behind all the podcasts. <laughs> 
Thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. We're the host of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Every month, we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a wide variety of genres from contemporary to historical fiction, fantasy to memoirs, and crime thrillers to romance. Some of our past book club picks are Pachinko by Minjin Lee, Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho, and Devotion of Suspect X by Keigo Higashino. We also go over what's new in the Asian American literary world and chat with some talented Asian authors about their work. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.